It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to one day early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Never has there been a better time to be alive in human history. If you're not feeling it, you must discover why. Join Matthew Bolton in developing and applying a framework of objective optimism toward a flourishing life of meaning, health, and happiness. Here's your host, Matthew Bolton. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mr. Brightside. I'm Matthew Bolton. So today's show is called The Limit to Be Free in Diet and Everything. Now I'm going to start by saying that I eat whatever I want. And this is how I say it to people. I, I Like when my friends ask me about it, I just say it to them like that in a way to kind of shock them a little bit and maybe make them a little curious about what do you mean you eat everything, whatever you want, right? And uh, you know, I hope your interest is peaked as well right now. Um, because of course, I don't mean that I just eat whatever I want whenever I want. But on some level in my mind, it is precisely what I do mean. So I do feel free to eat whatever I want. Like if there's something that just comes up um, involving ice cream or cookies, then you know it's true that I wouldn't have had them otherwise. But I am no less okay to go with it. Like we're my wife and I go out to a coffee shop, and I'm not plan I'm planning on just having a coffee. But this place has a particularly uh, good cake or something new that I haven't seen. Say, well, it's worth it. We don't see this often. Let's get one of those, I, and, and no problem, right? Um, it wasn't on the agenda, but no need to avoid it because of some diet restrictions. I don't have any of that. Um, Maybe I'm planning on an evening of something kind of kosher or maybe even uh, I'm not going to eat tonight was was my plan. But then some friends call up with, uh, you know, dinner and drinks. And I'll say, yeah, all right, sounds great. I'm in. And all of this is with no disruption whatsoever to any delicate diet program I had on the go. In one article on my blog, I refer to those guys, by whom I mean these guys who seem to be able to stay in shape while seeming genuinely happy in not like ever indulging in anything, like people are really eating cake and they're like, no, I'm not interested. And you're just like, maybe they're, maybe they're genetic freaks. So maybe they do eat some other stuff or maybe they're moral freaks and that they're just so easy, easily able to uh, defer and, and deprive themselves as such. But later in the article, um, I get excited. You can see me talking about uh, how I no longer struggle with diet, constantly living on the edge of satisfaction and denial. I'm one of those guys, is what I cry in the article. And I still am one of those guys. And I go on in the article to describe my current state of health and living in further detail. And uh, and I think it's really curious to note here the language I used in that article because I had not really thought in terms of delimit to be free at the time. Um, and I was just explaining excitedly how I feel all about everything, trying to describe it. And here's how it came out. I said, within the last half year or so in particular, I've enjoyed an elevated experience of health and good living. The integrated state I'd been certain was attainable and that everyone may earn but which had been elusive for so long. That next level state is characterized by when I was finally able to maintain my body shape and fitness while not being overly conscious of my diet. Other quotes from the article uh, include, but with the proper framework of obesity I now have, I have been freed empowered to work out just how I can properly integrate these foods I love back into my life. And the point is that I'm not scrutinizing over my diet. Have a bun. 
Eat a pizza. It's negligible to me, given the proper context and understanding, and it's very liberating. So I wasn't overly conscious of my diet or scrutinizing over it. I've been freed and liberated, quote-unquote, in regard to how I eat. Yet, I know that at the same time, I'm quite restrained in that I, in fact, don't just eat whatever I want whenever I want. So seeing me use those terms like freedom and liberation and all that, and then knowing that I'm sincere when I say it to people, right, it has given me to think, what do I mean by freedom when I say that I feel free to eat whatever I want? Well, within those same quotes uh, are the clues which can reveal the answer. So observe that all my statements in there are qualified with phrases such as with the proper framework and given the proper context and understanding. So I've discovered that it's this framework or context that is the limits set for myself within which I may act freely and without much conscious regard. These limits have been set through conscious and meticulous deliberation, but I experience only the freedom in my day-to-day existence. So, hence my genuineness or sincerity when I tell people that I feel like I eat whatever I want and that I don't experience any, uh, you know, appreciable or measurable stress in relation to my uh, my diet. Now, when I went on to think more on this issue, I immediately saw a parallel in regard to the free-range helicopter parenting debate. Now, I, I don't want to go all into that today, but uh, I'll just say that the caricature often made of the free-range parents is that they just let their kids do whatever, right? And, it, and the implication there is just, oh, yeah, whatever. They're just up on the roof or they're, I don't know what they're doing. Ah, it's okay if they get hurt. It'll, it'll learn them, right? Or if they get run over by a car, whatever, right? And, you know, of course, to give one's kids freedom doesn't mean that you just let them do whatever you want, right? Uh, that's just a parody, of course. Rather, it means setting strict limits and then letting kids free to operate within those limits, And then you continuously and safely expand those limits as appropriate. And the kids are not unaware of the limit set, right? When they're communicated properly, they're gravely aware of them, in fact. Uh, I certainly was when I was young. But uh, because they're understood and accepted as reasonable, the kids can at that point just push them to the periphery of, of, of their mind or awareness, right? And then they just explore independently and and live happily without experiencing, uh, that that word again, experiencing any sense of repression or restriction. Now, one story is really illustrative of this idea. So there was a school, uh, once there was a busy road at the edge of the school playground. So when the kids go out to play, of course, there's a lot of supervision, a lot of teachers out watching them. And obviously, they're very stressed, anxious that kids are getting too close to the road. They tell them, you have to stay back this far. You can't get past here because... You know, I mean, they need a buffer zone to, to catch up with the ones who are who are stray. And you can imagine how how this is for the supervisors, and of course for the kids themselves, they feel a little bit restricted. Like, oh, I can't. Okay, I can't do this. I can't go there. But how did they solve the problem? Well, they built a fence along the edge of the road, and then obviously much uh, much uh, less supervision was required. Uh, and then of course the kids were free to roam wherever they liked. Right? And they were effectively unaware of any limits set upon them. Right, So observe that with the stricter boundaries in place, the space they had to play in was actually expanded, A, as was their own feeling of autonomy. So this seeming paradox of constraints leading to more leeway or freedom, it applies to diet as well. Uh, for me, informed by the hormonal theory of obesity, and this was put uh, most comprehensively to me by The Obesity Code by Jason Fung, uh, and I'm not saying that's the book you have to read. A lot of people understand and and talk about hormonal theory and insulin being the main driver in obesity. 
Um, but with all this, I've developed a liberating framework within which to make dietary choices. Now, I'm not going to get all into my ideas on nutrition today, especially as I'm not an expert, right? And uh, I'll prefer to talk that out with an expert and sharpen up my own ideas uh, playing off of the expert. And, and we will do that uh, very soon. But obviously, some of what I think uh, about nutrition will be implied and revealed in what I say today. Uh, but again, that's not the issue. It's that uh, given what you or I understand about nutrition and what we think we have to do, we can set limits accordingly. So working here within my understanding of proper nutrition, in terms of what to eat, I generally eat, avoid refined grains and sugars, and I predominantly seek foods higher in unsaturated fats and fiber. And in terms of when, which I think is even more important than the what, uh, I've concluded and I've experienced that intermittent fasting is a very effective uh, practice in achieving and maintaining fat loss. Now, I've said on another show that I don't really like to name things like that, like intermittent fasting or keto or you know paleo or whatever, because they mean different things to different people, and there's no one, real one way to execute them, etc. You know, as as you can see by the such debate among all the people. So the way I think about what I loosely call uh, intermittent fasting is to basically extend the periods of non-eating as long as I can, as often as I can. And this has led me, for example, to omit breakfast uh, and snacking. So, And that includes healthy snacks. So even you know, before I used to come back from school, say, and then I've got some home classes going to start after that, and I feel, maybe I feel so hungry, and I, I have grabbed a little bit of chicken or some broccoli or avocado or something, even like something nice like that, a healthy snack, I don't do that, uh, basically as a rule. So I don't have breakfast, I don't have a snack, uh, snacks at all, as a rule. Um, and again, this is illustrative, not prescriptive. Um, now, all this stuff sounds very restrictive and even frightening to some people, right? You don't eat breakfast like ever you don't have any snacks what do you mean <laughs> but because this has been uh, set in routine for me and adding to the fact that after you become habituated to fasting you, you feel you don't feel hungry anymore uh, this is something you might learn if you want to get into that kind of thing um, I'm effectively unaware that I'm not eating and so I don't feel any stress related to what seem what might seem uh, a deprivation to other people um, it's the same way that someone who eats three meals a day doesn't feel deprived that they don't have a fourth meal, right? Although Pippin and Lord of the Rings might uh, might be horrified that Aragorn doesn't know about, does he know about Elevensies, right? I mean, but uh, I don't. I don't feel deprived ever. Deprivation is not part of any conception of a flourishing life that I hold, and so I certainly don't deprive myself. And I think that's what a lot of people think of when they think of proper nutrition and diet. It, evolves, it involves a lot of deprivation, but it's not that. Um, now, with all this, it's not that I now shun pizza or ice cream or cookies and I don't like that stuff or that I don't, uh, I don't like having a nice Sunday breakfast and, you know, that's just not what I do anymore. Never. No, like, you know, it's quite the opposite. I still love and enjoy those delights, right? It's just that I've been able to put them in their proper place. By refraining from them on principle, right, by delimiting my eating times, right, I just don't eat breakfast, then it's easy and guiltless and without detriment to my health to indulge in them whenever an inviting occasion comes up or, or basically whenever I want, like I say. Now, I understand I might be accused of equivocating on the concept of freedom here. They go, that's not freedom, Matt. Like, that's so restrictive. Like, I knew there was a catch to what you're talking about. You know, I thought, I thought you meant you knew how you could just eat whatever you want, whenever you want, and still lose fat. 
right? This is bull, man, right? But freedom doesn't mean that one is free to drop context. There is no such thing as an effect without a cause. And to be free does not mean to do whatever one feels like and be exempt from the consequences. Like, you can't evade facts and then expect results and then say that you're not free because you can't achieve your goals by any random means that you feel like, right? Nature to be commanded must be obeyed, which means that nature sets limits. And if one wants to attain fat loss and and good health, for instance, one must obey the nature of our bodies, all components of which are inescapable facts. So for me, I might not be free to eat three meals a day or free to snack or free to eat sugary treats all the time, but neither is anybody else, right? And that's now what I mean when I say that I'm free. I have understood and serenely accepted the science of obesity, right? And Or I'm continuously working on, on it, right? And because I followed the practices of intermittent fasting, again, loosely called that, combined with the kinds of food I consume, right? My body has become a different kind of machine. It doesn't feel hungry during fasting periods at all. Uh, it doesn't crave sugary foods all the time like I used to, and I did. It uses fat for energy because of the choices I've made and the kind of machine that it's become. So now I am free to eat, you know, a brunch buffet or a specialty donut or if there's some kind of new cake at a place and I wasn't planning on having one, but I say, hey, let's have that, right? And I can do all this without disrupting the machine. And of course, I can do this without experiencing any stress as the result of like a diet breach. And that is freedom. Within the context of my own physical constitution or body type, uh, the context of my tastes, my goals, among other relevant factors, I have set reasonable and effective boundaries as to what are and what are not good dietary practices. And because I'm convinced that they are right and good for me, and this is the key, that because I'm convinced they are right and good for me, these boundaries become immovable, immovable as reality. And I've come to obey them almost on a subconscious level, the same way that other people subconsciously don't feel they need four meals a day, you know, the three meal a day, people don't need four meals a day. So with all that, I still, you know, it's still true that I certainly have to be aware not to allow bad habits to reinstitute themselves, but I otherwise don't have to be very conscious of my diet at all. I'm just living. It's like the kids in the fenced-in school grounds. I just roam liberally, free to eat what I want within my lifestyle's prescribed framework. And I think that this is possible for anybody to achieve. And now coming off of the food, right, to delimit to be free in diet, I said, and everything. And this is where I, what I want to get into now, because when I thought about this topic further, I realized that the principle involved is obviously much deeper and can apply to almost anything in our lives. Routines are an example of this. So by setting up conditions as habit, right, you're not really aware that you're barred from doing other things. Like it's just your habit. It's just the thing you do. And you don't, you not feel like, oh, I have to do this now. You just, it's just something you do. But then when we're dealing with things that are not established habits or routines, we want to create conditions so that they are like uh, established habits or routines. So for that, I block off tasks, uh, any commitments I have, appointments, work or play, uh, classes that I have, when I want to go to the gym, when I want to go for a run, uh, everything that I have to do in the week or that I want to do in the week, say. And then I also prepare uh, everything I need to execute those things and, and what I need for those events. So I'll print out all my handouts for the week, uh, for example, and among other things. And with all that, we can then just flow through the week. And I've described it to my wife, like when I have all my stuff planned out, when I print it out, I know everything. I know when all the kids are coming this week, etc. And I just have everything laid out in front of me. I just say, well, then I could just kind of surf across my week. 
It's like, you know, all my stuff is ready. I, I, I'm going to class now. I'm doing home classes at this time. I'm preparing for my next week's lessons on this day uh, so that I feel better about the next, the following week. And right? I'm writing my article this time or I'm, you know, making notes for it or working on it during this block. I'm recording my podcast on this day, all this time, etc. So then with all that in front of me, the free time is all mine. All those little free pockets that exist within there, they're my own. And they're guilt-free and very enjoyable. And then in those pockets, if I just kind of feel motivated or suddenly want to do some more work, it's like a bonus. And then the work is very enjoyable in those times uh, because, you know, with that bonus time within there because it's way less pressure. And I don't feel a sense of anxiety about stuff I have to do when it's blocked in. Just because I'm committed to it, it's almost like it's done in a way. And I feel the joy of those free pockets as if they were already earned or already paid for. And they are in effect because I have repeated experience of knowing that my stuff does get done when I do block it off. It's like when you have to go to class or work or like you have a team practice or a team meeting or something. It's scheduled and it's pretty much non-negotiable. And with that, while sometimes we might think like, oh, when am I getting off or when does class end, Um, you know, when we're tired or something, we don't really feel restricted or that or some kind of pull that there's something we're missing out on right that's what happens when our free time gets taken up with something we suddenly have to do but because we've known about this work this like work time ahead of time our minds don't expect anything else and we don't feel the restriction so contrast this to not having it planned or doing it on unblocked time right you got lots of things on your to-do list Right? And I don't just mean work imposed on you like, by your job or other commitments uh, you've made. Like I do mean those and we can enjoy those if we put them in their place. But I mean even things that you really want to do like as well. Like you wanted to clean up or reorganize or paint that room or space or you wanted to finish some personal project that you had. So again, things that you kind of have to or want to do and you've got all this stuff in front of you and it's in a vague long list with no plan of attack. And then uh, this is all a bit overwhelming. So you sit down for a minute and you want to watch a video or you check Facebook or something and then you get caught, right? And you think maybe, well, this is just a way to get refreshed before plunging into getting some stuff done. But it's not enjoyable. Like your eyes burn and you feel tired, but you can't turn away from it. You're, you're just kind of towed into it, right? And still, your work is not done. And that kind of moves back and forth from the front to the back of your mind, swimming around there the whole time. So the idea of taking on the work sucks, but you're also not even really enjoying the free time. It's like you're, this is basically you're kind of avoiding something unpleasant, but yet it's not even pleasurable. And this is horrible. Now, let me say now that all this stuff about delimiting and putting things in their place and blocking off uh, things you have to do is not just about being productive. It's not just like a productivity hack. This is about my happiness and the enjoyment of my time on earth. My life is happening now and at all times. So it's not that I just want to suffer through my work and then live some, right, snatch at some living. It's I have to enjoy every moment, including the work. And you can make work not feel like you're missing out on stuff because you've blocked it off and you're supposed to be there. As opposed to like indefinitely working and never knowing when you can play. Life is two parts. It's production and consumption. By nature... The first must precede the second, right? But while that latter may be said to be the ultimate goal, right? You want to flourish, so you want to consume and consume life, right? It is inseparable from the former, and it is achieved by most optimally performing the former, this product, this productive activity. And we get our self-esteem, which is the foundation for happiness, from our ability to deal successfully with that former, with that 
production issue, right? In knowing that we can take care of ourselves and produce the values necessary to consume all that we want out of life. So we can and should enjoy that process of production. It's not a duty, right? That's the kind of thing, idea we have to get rid of, that work is some kind of duty imposed on us. Uh, you know, unless you consider life a duty. And if that's true, then I don't know how I or anyone can help you. So I'm going to say a couple uh, final words on delimiting to be free. But before that, let me please remind you that if you have any questions or comments, you may send them to matthew.asknow at gmail.com or simply go to matthewbolton.ca for contact and general information. Of course, the best way to keep in touch uh, with me and the community of Mr. Brightside listeners is to go to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash matthewbolton.ca. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcasting medium, I'll thank you to subscribe and like the show and feel free to leave comments right in those comment sections on those media. I also very much appreciate if you share the show or any content you like and think someone else might like. You never know when the right idea is going to hit the right person and help them make positive change in their lives. And of course, we'll all be better for it by connecting with more varieties of people. So I thank you for all of that. So again, as to delimitation, if I have just a hunk of unblocked time and some vague idea that I have some stuff to do, then I am never free. I'm never free to enjoy you know, TV or nothing time because I don't know when I'm going to get my thing done. But if it's planned and blocked... It's almost as if it were done already. That's why the lazy or free time is truly free in this case. Within that free time, I can run around wildly and bounce off those limits. If they were not there, I'd have to tread more cautiously and slowly, never really knowing where the edge was. Like those kids in the fenced-in play yard, I'm liberated because I've delimited myself. I've heard it said that discipline is freedom, and I think that's very much what I'm saying here essentially. I do what I want, the same way that I eat whatever I want. And I invite you to think about setting strict boundaries for yourself in advance, putting your priorities in their place, and then surfing through your own days and weeks of your life without stress, guilt, or anxiety. A delimited life is a joyous and beautiful place to work and play in. So go map out your week, and I'll see you guys next time. Mr. Brightside, your time out to refresh, refuel, and refocus your mind and energy toward building an optimistic framework for flourishing. Life is good. It's up to you to choose the bright side. Is your savings just sitting there? Well, put it to work. A premium online savings account from PenFed earns way more than the national average, so you can get your savings working on earning you a vacation or a new kitchen or that fancy exercise mirror. Apply at PenFed.org savings. Premium online savings account holders must agree to electronic delivery of account opening disclosures and monthly statements. $5 minimum required to open an account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.